Welcome, I'm Larry Olson, and what's on your mind? Once set, it delivers your life. To change the outcomes we want, we must change the plays we're running. Join us at Mindset Playbook with real people, real talk, for real insight. Today's episode is sponsored by Apernio, an achievement acceleration company whose approach to professional development enables clients to gain insights and perspectives to live, work, and engage with more success. Well, I'd like to welcome everyone to Mindset Playbook, the podcast that will rock your life. And only you are going to be the judge of that, all of you that were grateful enough to take your time to listen to this. And I think you're going to find this very, 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 very interesting today. Um, I'd like to welcome Skylar Williams, who is an award-winning digital marketer. Skylar is a dream come true for those who are attempting to get the attention of online customers and keep them. He also has an innate ability to translate vast amounts of data into the story of your current or future customers. His previous eight years of digital marketing experience has spanned go-to-market strategy to implementation and execution. It is Skylar's philosophy that his customers are modern-day cartographers, charting their buying journey online, weaving their path to the purchase between the physical and digital world where they're exchanging this usable data. It's his job to meet them on their personal journey and optimize the strategy to meet their needs. As owner of Endline Marketing, Skyler helps his clients dig into the behind-this-curtain process of ad acquisition and marketing analysis, charting a clear path to their vision. And I can tell you from the experiences and what we're, the journey we're having with Skyler, it's remarkable what he is able to create and the results that you'll get. So I couldn't, uh, I couldn't say more about it. Thank you. You're welcome. I'd like to welcome you, Skyler. To Mindset Playbook. Now, I've known you for years because of your great relationship with my son, Don. But you know what? I've never found out why you decided to get into the profession you're in. And most importantly, what is it about it that keeps you in it? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Uh, I think one of the things, at, at least for me, is I kind of fell into this. Oh, you did. Um, it was not a not a planned event that that kind of came out of it, um, but it just kind of working through um, growing up in a in a company here actually in in Arizona and um, and really just found a passion for it. I hmm. think um, I was I was tasked with doing sales. And instead, I was doing marketing, <laughs> okay. and I and I really enjoyed that process. Um, How I did think, that occur? Being tasked with sales and that turning into yeah, marketing. I, was, I know they're I was related. Doing, but. Picking up the phone, calling people, and what I really wanted to be doing was um, sending out emails and um, putting together marketing materials that would engage those customers as they're doing their research. Um, and then bring all of that into the fold and really getting them in a pipeline that would then ultimately result in them reaching out to us rather than us reaching out to them. Oh, okay. Um, both have essential functions. Now that I've, I've grown older and grown into the marketing, I think both have their own very important uh, place within business. Okay. Um, but it, it was one of those that, you know, I, 
I was drawn that direction and, and the sales side of things really didn't work out. And I luckily was with a company, um, Herc and Associates here in Arizona does heavy equipment recruiting. Um, and they were um, willing to nurture that growth that I was oh, going through at that time. That's great. And so I moved from a role as a salesperson with them over into uh, a marketing associate and then ultimately becoming their marketing manager at uh at that company. Oh, all right. Um, and love them to death. They were fantastic to work for. And, and as I kind of moved on from them, I, I still um, keep them as a client and, and have uh, oh, right. on and off relationships with them. Oh, uh, that's going great. Forward. Yeah. So what do you think? Cause that's so important is the, are these long-term relationships? Yeah. I mean, anybody can develop a short term and it's kind of an infatuation. And then, once the kind of the fog wears away, they begin to recognize it. You know, maybe this isn't working, or maybe the relationship isn't really sinking. Right uh, in sync. Excuse me. What What do you think um, it has it has taken place for you to sustain these long term relationships? You know, I think it's really um, just kind of having you know a a, a shared view of of the world, um, as well as like aligning goals and kind of aligning your, your perspectives together as you guys grow. Ultimately there are, you know, many different relationships that we can kind of get into. Um, but those really are paramount and and change the way that we look at the world. Um, it's very important that as we grow, those long-term relationships, we also recognize what those long-term relationships have an impact on our lives um, and kind of where, where they lead us. And um, I think it's one of those, those things that, you know, you have to, you have to work at those long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, following up, nurturing them, caring for them, as you're uh, having a client and, and business relationship as well as personal relationships. Um, so, I, I mean, it's not easy, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. But I mean, having that foundation of kind of this shared vision, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, there are ways that businesses want to go a different direction. There's relationships that want to go a different direction. The visions change. They're not shared anymore or, or, okay. or different. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really, you know, important to recognize um, and allow yourself to go, go a different direction in that um, and, and realign yourself with what you want yeah. in your world. You know, um, since I've met you, you just have such an infectious personality. Thank you. You're welcome. And, uh, you know, you just have that kind of a mischievous little smile and, and yet it's not pretentious. No. And, I, and where, where do you think that came from? Because that, that had to be kind of a nurturing element. Yeah, I think... What, um, what comes to mind? Well, growing up, I was um, definitely on the, on the kind of side. I did plays when I was a kid, um, you know, and really kind of um, wanted to, to hone that side of things. And then as I got older, I did gymnastics and... Um, did diving and in high school, um, and I think it's just where does it come from? I'm not quite sure, but it's probably a culmination of those things with um, you know, kind of being a stage presence, and then okay. 
And then in uh, in gymnastics and diving, really kind of putting that that kind of stage plus presence into discipline, and then ultimately into kind of a, a leadership role um, that is really important as mm-hmm. you kind of like move forward. And so it's kind of both a, a, a call back to that stage presence as well as just kind of really wanting to present that leadership uh, going forward. Well, uh, where in that, in being in gymnastics and diving, which is, which is um, not really a team sport, even though you add up all the points. So see which so, team won. So diving, funny enough, is a team sport, and it's combined with uh, swimming. And so we would go separate. Well, they say the tracks are team are put sport together, too. right? Right. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's 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 very individual. You're on the board. You know, you're on the mat. Um, right. Kind of. So how do you keep the ego out of that? Because I and what I mean by ego yeah. is is um, you know that there's a classic example of EGL staying for easing got out. Yeah. And 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 all I mean by that is you're not connecting with the spiritual element in life, which is something greater than self. Yeah. And if you'd start to define it, you get into theology. Right. But just that just that element that is is so vast. When you get into the fact that, look at me, aren't I something? You'll never dive like I do, and aren't you glad I'm here? Right. How did that stay out of the equation for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. Um, I've never really been a person that kind of is driven by his ego. Okay. Um, and and yet, I hold, I don't necessarily need other people's attention hmm. to oh. to validate myself. Gotcha. Um, so it's it's kind of the way I look at it is I really don't want to project myself that way. It's not about me. I much rather enjoy working, you know, with people and elevating the people around me um, really as a, as a way to kind of elevate myself. The idea of, you know, rising seas, raise all ships. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and that, that's really important. Um, You know, and, and we can kind of, you can dive into that, that world of, of being, it's all about me and how do I do X, Y, and Z. But if you're not, if you're not helping your your community or your business associates or your friends kind of elevate themselves and and grow together as long as you know you have kind of a shared vision sure. um then you know that's that's really important and i think i look at it that way and, as you were growing up and you and you experienced the bullies in life and the yeah. and those that hadn't been able to define themselves as enough without the attention Right, which is a large class of of many people. Um, what was your feeling about that as you were as you were experiencing that? You know what what went on inside of you? Well, it was it's a it's a degree of separation, right? Okay. Um, there is, you know, one. I really wanted. I really could at that time, I mean, definitely later in life, you start to realize and recognize that in people, Mm -hmm. right? And that they need that kind of feeding stimuli to be about them. 
Um, and whether that's acting in certain ways that puts other people down or okay. whether that's acting in a way that you're bigger than life, right? Okay, yeah. um, I just never really bought into it. I, I don't think I, I really, you know, I would kind of just move past it. Okay. They were not people that I would necessarily include in my, gotcha. in my life. It was um, a long-term relationship. Yeah. Um, is that when you say because the visions weren't in, in alignment? Yeah, kind of, part, partially that and, and just kind of, um, you know, I want to bring people into my life that want to elevate everyone around them. Um, and so just kind of trusting in that mm -hmm. um, and surrounding myself with, with people that have that, that kind of uh, mentality is, I always felt was very important. So I didn't, I didn't put too much stake sure. in, in other people's, you know, egos, whether that was directed at me, um, you know, whether that was directed at someone else, um, you know, and, and there's always times where you have to go, well, that's enough, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, you know, you have to acknowledge that, that saw that person at that time, and it's nothing against them is just going yeah. through a struggle, which is, you know, how do I get more attention in my life yeah. or how do I get, you know, people focused on, on me. Yeah. Um, because I'm not getting enough of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I think the secret is just surround, you know, giving a lot and then, you know, those people around you will, will feel empowered to give back and give that attention where it's more warranted. Really? No, very, very good. Makes a yeah. lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. What fantastic insights we are getting into in this episode. If this resonates with you and is provoking and of value, please consider the best-selling book of Get a Vision and Live It by your host, Larry Olson, at Apernio.com. His book has been an inspiration to many of Mindset Playbook's guests, and you'll find everything you need to live the best version of your life now. The results you'll get will absolutely amaze you. Find the book at apernio.com in the shop. And now let's get back. You won't want to miss what's to come in this episode of Mindset Playbook. As as you you know, you bring up something that um, everybody has a little different take on, and that's vision and goals yeah or vision versus goals or right. you know and without leading the witness by right. by giving you answers that i believe in but i'm finding that i've read some of your have your you read answers. some of my answers <laughs> yeah i find i find a lot of similarity you do in, in in that and i think definitely a guiding view and perspective yeah. um, so talk to me about it how and and to every, anyone listening we hear vision sometimes to the point where people want to throw up. Right. Um, because sometimes it infers they don't have one or it's yeah. not as good as, no. or, and we all know what goals are because we yeah. grew up with those. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of, don't remember a lot of teachers with what's your vision. I don't know if I'd understood it if I was asked anyway, but what's your take on it? Because I've, I have a sense of, of it, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, and how it plays into what you do for a living. Yeah. Well, so 
vision in my mind is um, is really about kind of what you want to achieve, um, who you want to be in the world. I, I think back to um, when I was in gymnastics and um, I used to sit down and before I would go out on the mat, before I would do a routine, I would envision what that would look like mm. and break it down to the point of like, this is what it's going to feel like. This is what um, I am going to be, how my body is going to move. These are the things that I'm going to do and really walk through it almost in slow motion. And then I do that over and over and over again, mm. just before I even put my feet on the map to, to do that routine. Now, were you taught how to do that? So this was something that I learned from um, a, a story about a golfer that had done this, okay. um, who was hospitalized and then, you know, visualized. And it never had been on the, out of the course, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that in your book? Did no. Did I read that in your no, book? No. I read it in some book. No, I can't, no. Um, I can't remember which one it yeah. was. Um, but he was he didn't have anything else to do with his time, so he thought you, he'd learn golf. you heard the story as well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. continue, though. Because um, And I thought that was so inspiring. I mean, I I really... Share the essence of, of what you took away from that. I mean, really, it was there's, you know, how... And not to get so deep down the philosophical rabbit hole, but the way we look at the world and how we interact with the world. I don't know if there's much difference to how our, our brain interprets what we see and what we feel versus what we um, envision in our mind. And I think that that degree of, of similarity is uncanny. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you visualize and create this vision you're essentially doing it before it even happens. Correct. And so for this golfer, right, he's lying in bed and he can't get out and, and can't golf. And that's, this is what he wants to do. This is his entire, you know, existence up to that point is I'm a golfer identified and true to who. He, and so he does that over and over and over again. And he gets back out on the course, plays nine holes like he never left in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, and I've seen that reaffirmed in, in several other stories about that and just kind of that, that vision keeping has been something that's really important. Now, how do you, how do I practice that? How do you move beyond kind of the, the, the golf, the singular objective to visioning life in a, a long, longer term period, right? And I think that that's really where I've taken it is to that, to that point of, you know, and maybe it's not broken down into like the every muscle move, every, you know, but it's definitely this is this is what we want to do. This is what I want to achieve. This is the kind of clients that I want to attract. This is, you know, the people that I want to surround myself with. Um, and then once you kind of get that vision and and what I do is, is it's, it's like a five year plan, but it's more of just, you know, creating that vision for the next five years, looking at it in, in a breaking down that incremental hmm. uh, view and then really kind of living that and not, not in a way that is, you know, Oh, I have to do, Oh, these muscle moves have to move this way, or this is how, you know, I need to, to be in order to achieve these goals. Right. Um, understanding that that vision can shift 
that 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 goal could change. Maybe the way that you move your muscles mm -hmm. is going to shift. Um, and I think that that sets you on like almost like a river of mm. this vision. Mm. And it can take you in often different directions that ultimately lead back to the main river. But it's, it's really that, that kind of view. And then you just, all of your decisions are just made with ease mm -hmm. because you live out of that vision, out of yeah. that, you know, world that you want to create for yourself. Yeah. And then everything just comes back to it. And sometimes you'll get straight off and you're like, okay, well, what do I do now? How do I, how do I get back on this path? And really it's, I, I mean, I truly believe you have to just allow that to, to bring you back and mm -hmm. just continue living the, mm -hmm. not worry about the details yeah. or the goals that you set that you didn't achieve or the, you know, or the people in your life that's veering you off into something that you really need to address at that point in time because it's important, but you know that it's going to eventually come back to the, the vision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that is, um, it's philosophic, it's profound, but it's, it's how we operate. Yeah. It's science. Because they say the subconscious, which stores our self-image, how we see ourselves, does not know the difference between what's imagined and what's real. Right. And when you, when people don't quite understand the vision, have they ever not wanted to go to a party because they, they knew they weren't going to have a good time? And they get to the party and they don't have a good time. So what they've done is they've envisioned not having a good time. Mm -hmm. And now they've found the people in the party they don't enjoy so they can be right. Yeah, And so we do it all the time by, it's just our imagination, isn't it? Yeah. But what I hear you saying is you do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. Because when you started working with us, the first thing you wanted to know is, is what's the outcome? Right. What did, why, why are we working together? Yeah. What are you attempting to accomplish? So what is your reasoning you know, and and it may seem obvious, just yeah. ask, but what is your reasoning behind approaching things that way? Well, I think... To find out if it's yeah. in line with you, what you are trying to accomplish in your life or... Frankly, yes. Okay, okay. Um, and and in, in some cases, that's, that's, you know, something that you can kind of pick up as you guys, as you go through that. You do have to be very, you know, astute to the confirmation bias that you were talking about. Just kind of like, this is what I want and this is all I'm going to see. And then you put the blinders on and that's all you see, right? <laughs> yeah, true. My, uh, my dad had a, a story about uh, tennis balls. When I was a kid, I had this tennis ball. And we used to love the, you know, and then, and then I lost the tennis ball and I was so disappointed as a kid. And I was like, how am I ever going to get a tennis ball back? Because we didn't have the tennis ball and I wanted to play with it. Sure enough, we're driving down the road, and all of a sudden, all we're seeing are tennis balls. <laughs> it's it's insane. I I, I I don't know, and to this day, I see tennis balls. Oh, sure. Um, and it's that kind of like what you intend and what your visions are yeah. is is what you'll end up seeing, and and it's more not necessarily like confirming what you want and think positive, and you'll get what right. you put yeah. out in the world. It's almost like. Um, you know, in that vision, you'll see opportunities. Mm -hmm. And those opportunities are the ones that you want to seize on, you know, just like I picked up all the tennis balls that I saw. <laughs> um, but, a garage full yeah, exactly. We did. We had like a bucket <laughs> of tennis balls. 
I, I didn't really play tennis, but you know, <laughs> I got all the balls. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it. And so when I'm working with a client, I like to look at it that way. Right. So yeah. we set up the conversation and what's your vision? What do you want? Um, and, and then what can I bring to the table that, that kind of meets my vision and view of what I want, right? Mm-hmm. And if they work, they work great. If they don't, then we, we've already had the conversation and we can talk about, you know, where you can go next to find someone that does have that, yeah. you know, symbiotic vision. Um, but, but that really, that symbiotic. piece. Um, or, or if word. you're in the corporate world, it's a synergy. Synergy. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. And I think that that, that really, that piece of it is um, important. Um, so not it sounds only like you're client, living your life on you. purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're not like getting up every day and wondering but what not, kind of day am I going to have? But not letting the, the like, I need this get in the way. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I got to have a tennis ball. I just like to float down the river, you know, of yeah. that of that vision. Yeah. And there will be those opportunities that show up, and you got to jump on them, right? Um, and you got to take advantage of it. You can't just be pushed through life, right? But but really, just looking for them, mm-hmm. and and I think that that's really important in business relationships as well. You know, when you have that shared vision. You'll see all the pieces, and then and then you just have to seize those those pieces that are being put together and and align them with the company vision. Because a lot of people are already doing the things that they need to be doing. Because someone said, "Oh, do this, and this will help," right? Yeah. And I think that that piece is really it's it's how you align each one of those pieces into that vision that ultimately will allow that that company to grow. Yeah. Um. And putting processes in place to do those. We're not running one step at a time, you know, and 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 getting to that point with with that client and really kind of helping them come to that realization as well. Um, and what realization is that? That they have everything that they need to succeed. Okay. Um, and and really um, they're doing already a lot of them are already doing the things that they need to be doing. It's just how can we leverage those things better in order to to position yeah, it for go. their audience? Because we're not all aware of what's available. Right. Or how to use what's available. Right. Or we've gone and said, that was a lot of work. I can't do that. Yeah. And kind of written things off. And sure. and that's happened. I've, I've or, the, or they're not interested or don't like what it is that they're doing. Right. Because that's not what they're, where their strengths lie. Mm-hmm. Or passion, and I would say that's a crisis of vision that they don't that they that they're not sure what they want. Okay, right. Okay, good point. Um, and and so that that process may may not be there <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll, I've approached, I've had some clients that have done that where I've come, and it's very clear that I'm not. They're not sure what they want out of the business relationship, but they know that they want this done. Okay. And and a lot of times those are kind of the clients that I'll walk away from. Um mm-hmm. and we'll have the initial conversation, I think, and and really kind of, you know, walk through that that creation and and okay, we need to decide what are we doing, right? Um 
And, and sometimes it's just not there, right? They're not mm. ready to make that decision. Yeah. Um, and that it's, you know, it's yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, you know, future clients, I really like to work with people that want, have that, that shared vision, want to succeed, um, and, and have a lot of the pieces in place to do it. Yeah. Um, as well as, you know, what can we do? Some of the ideas that you've had in the past that have written off that we can revisit and let's put a process in place to achieve those things. And then where does the audience come in? Mm. You know, does, is that receptive to the customer? And then how does that, how do we meet the customer where they are? Yeah, you may really, excuse me a moment, but you yeah. may really like your idea and what you're doing, but you're in no danger of attracting anyone to it. Right. And that you've <laughs> got to be able to say that yeah. without offending someone. Yeah. Because sometimes we get so excited about the how, we lose sight of why. Right. And, and I hear you saying that, you know, how do you how do you think you're able to take those what a lot of people call as tough conversations because you both are in alignment with the vision right it'll help fulfill you because right. they're pumped about what they want and right. it doesn't harm anybody and it lifts everyone up all those all you know high tides yeah. raise all ships um and then they're stuck because they're so into I got to do it this way right but that way won't get them over the end zone yeah how do you handle that? It's challenging. Yeah. Um, How come? And and I think it's really about you know sitting down and just having that that those hard conversations first, right? Okay. Um, and then really understanding kind of where things sit with that person, and those especially in longer term relationships, those things change. Okay. Um, and. And it's it's difficult. I mean, I think I think one of the the challenges that a lot of companies have right now is is really getting that shared vision across their staff, right? Um, and and helping them understand, you know, what the ultimate goal is. Mm -hmm. And I really think it's it's just about sitting everyone down and having that conversation, whether it's a one on one, whether it's together, mm -hmm. um, and then talking about what that shared vision will mean for them as they go forward. You bet. And, and get everyone's buy-in. Um, and I think yeah, that, that what difference does it make whether we agree on the best route to Florida? Right. If some people want to be in Seattle, right. It doesn't matter if we have the best process in place, right. does it? Yeah. We have to have that, that yeah. shared vision. There's multiple ways to skin a cat, right? Yeah. And there's no, there's no different. They're not, I've Wrong. always had trouble with that metaphor. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's the darn mind it's visualizing. <laughs> I'm a cat lover myself. And I, I know you I, have I, a cat. I, he loves but, cats, by the way. <laughs> um, but it's it's true. I mean, you know, there's different there's routes. Many ways, there's yeah. many ways to get to the yeah. same thing. And I think a and, lot and, of it is what not falling in love with your way. That's so Fall hard. in love with the vision, <laughs> right? Fall yeah. in love with the vision. Because yeah. relationships are busted up over it. Right. You know, there, there was something about this that attracted you to that person. Mm -hmm. And now you're trying to get your way. Right. In the beginning, all you wanted to do is you just wanted to hear what they had to say and you were right. interested in everything they yeah. did. And then it was like now, now I need to 
And that's a that's a real art there. Yeah. Right? Whether whether it's with a client or whether it's with a partner that you have. Yeah. And I've seen that you you have a really beautiful way of navigating through that. Thank you. And and a lot of what you do, and I would like everybody to just kind of listen to this, because I think a lot of you out there do this as well. As when you disagree, you have a smile on your face. Yeah. And you've already explained that to us because when you dove, you weren't you sure you were going to get points. Somebody is going to judge you. Right. But they weren't judging you as a human being. Right. They were judging your level of skill within that. Yeah. And then that's a whole different process. It's, Some people are cracked after they yeah. they get a five and they want a ten and right. I'm not gonna do this anymore. And There's somehow you with being wrong too. Yeah. And I think that that's where that's for me, that's really where the smile comes from. Okay. It's like we have an idea, we have an opportunity that we can do. Um, and, and we have a, we have a process that we can kind of go through to get there. Might be wrong. Might be totally incorrect. And, and that, but, but I kind of trust on, on my previous experience, trust on what you've done up to that point. This is an opportunity. You've, you've already done the hard work to realize that this is the opportunity. You may run in and, and, you know, make that process and it might not work. You might have to take a step back, review, yeah. reorient, and attack it with a different strategy. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that I really love is is being able to to work with clients to to understand those things, actualize those, um, see if they're working, look at the analysis, which will confirm whether they're working yeah. or not. I remember really liking some of the ads we had. Yeah. And you looked at the analytics. You said, pull them. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah. And at first I was like, wait a minute. I spent a lot of time on that. I really yeah. like that. And yeah. when you when you know, I knew what the answer was. Well, nobody's right. watching it. Right. So what difference does it make if you care about it? Because it's not going to make the vision become a reality. Right. Yeah. So be careful. That's what I mean about falling in love with the mm-hmm. process or the how. And there's nothing wrong. With, or I would have shut you out. There's nothing I? wrong with being wrong, right? And I think that people get hung up on that way too much. They, they I got to be right all the time. This is just take a step back, look at it, just be like, you know what? Yeah, I think I executed this properly. I think it worked, you know, as best as it could. It didn't work, and and I need to I need to reevaluate. Now that. think about what you said. This is so important. You got feedback you didn't like. And you said that didn't work. You didn't say, oh, I guess I don't work. Right. Huge distinction. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to be paying attention yeah. to that in your daily life. You work just fine. Yeah. What you're doing may not. The culmination of your entire life's events, everything that has led up to this moment that you made the, that decision. It's all experience. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's just you, yeah. Um, and every all the inputs that you've had throughout your life, and sometimes you know, we screw up, yeah. And that's a reality. You have a very wise soul. Thank you for such a young man. <laughs> and I know age is perspective. 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm growing it in the hair. <laughs> I've got gray hair that, that's coming in like crazy. But but my dad was gray before he was 30. So oh, is that right? Okay. I'm, I'm a little you're, ahead you're of him. You're in alignment. So we talk, we get philosophical and we and we talk a little bit about all of us are interested in our own lives and the impact and influence we're having on the lives around us because right. that determines the quality of the relationship that we happen to be in yeah. whether with client or or significant other and you're you please share with us what you think the most important thing is in the relationship between b- business and personal life. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a challenge, um, and and I think it starts in that vision. Um, you know, I think for me, my relationship with business is I want to do something that I enjoy doing with other people. That's mm-hmm. that's not a. Uh, it's a labor of love rather than it's uh you know a, a, i got to do this um in order to or i won't get to, paid yeah exactly to to just survive to to get the things that i want i've got to slog through x y and z to get there but also it's it's really about you know that balance what you just described mm-hmm. um and and being able to take a step back look at it and say you know, and I, I'm not necessarily defined by everything that I do in my work. Um, you can love what you do, but you can also take time for yourself. Um, and I think that oftentimes we get wrapped up in identity and who we are and what we want. And I'm still going through that process myself. Sure. Um, is is figuring out where I can step away, when I can come back to work. You know, and, and I enjoy the high intensity and I love what I do. And I think that, that oftentimes you can get lost. To you that. can get consumed by it. Yeah, you exactly. Bet. Before you know it, yeah. the days have gone by. Right. And I often fall into that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's I think, challenge. the challenge is I'm working at home too, isn't it? it? Yeah. Because there aren't real parameters there. There are, yeah. I mean, in the past, you know, year I've been, you know, at home. Um, and I find that I'm often working through lunch, you know, I'm often, you know, working later hours, um, and, and working longer. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that you have to find that balance. Um, and I'm luckily blessed that I don't have a whole lot of outside, uh, stimuli pulling me away and, um, but it's important to make time for yourself, I I think. Yeah. So I would... Um, this, this time has flown by the way. Um, (laughs) it it has, it has. I wanted to ask you, um, what would you like people to know about the possibilities in the social media world to enhance the, their own lives and their businesses? Yeah. So that's a really good question because I think we're, we're in a place where there's a bit of a of a catalytic crisis happening. One is data policy. So looking at um, what we share online and how that how we are in the world with that data. The other is 
you know, how it's changed social interactions. Um, and then the, the third is what opportunities are there for business. Um, data, super useful for small businesses because they can invest in very specific targeted audiences that are going to click on their information, click and, and ultimately convert. Um, and you can tailor that very specifically with a lot of the tools out there right now. Um, socially, though, we have to take a step back as, as a community and a society and look at what we're sharing. Um, while that's helpful for, for small businesses and, and great, I think we have to look at whether there's a social good there. Um, and we have great thinkers and, and people that are working in that space um, that are looking at social ethics of social media, um, looking at the social benefit, um, and, and are really redefining that. I would love to see a, a, some sort of AI ethical uh, view of social media that can, you know, train and model itself based on the social benefit mm -hmm. of society rather than on keeping your attention for longer on social media. Yeah. Um, so have, have a vision of what's in the yeah. best interest of the world. And, and the, the tech world has a, has a, a way of running before it can, it can actually walk. Hmm. Um, they want to go fast, break things and then, and then pick up the pieces. And I just don't know if that's socially equitable for the world. Um, but that being said, I'm in advertising and marketing. I think when we look at this, we really have to look at it from all angles. Ultimately, when I enter into a business and client relationship, I want to grow the, grow the company that I'm working with. Um, but I'm not going to sacrifice, you know, ethics to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really. So know, if, and even if there isn't this governing body out there who's determining what the ethics are. There you should be. You, there should be. But yeah. that, that you can't control that world. You can control yours. Right. And make sure you're not in conflict. Yeah. I mean, it, I really liken it to, you know, the Hippocratic Oath that doctors mm -hmm. take or healthcare professionals. Um, and and really, it's, it's how do I elevate my client, but without sacrificing my philosophy and integrity yeah. along the way. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's challenging for a lot of people, especially in different industries. Um, but, you know, having some sort of ethical standing, I think is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think with everything that's, that's going on, I'm, I'm very excited about, I see a shift. Yeah. We're becoming much more conscious of, is this in the best for the best yes. for all, as opposed to this gets us what we need. It's at least a topic of conversation that I think is being is happening at a lot of the executive level of these mm -hmm. tech companies. They're hiring people that are um, ethicists that can um, look at artificial intelligence and and give an idea of where the biases are. Um, mm -hmm. Looking at the data and understanding, you know, how to do those kind of things more ethically. Um, and then I think it's really about how we engage with artificial intelligence because it's, it's leading us or algorithms often lead us to the desired inputs that we put into them, just like our vision and, and kind of what we, what we come out. Mm -hmm. But 
that piece is really important. I think from their perspective, they really need to look at those things um, because driving someone to click or stay longer on their site so that they can convert more ad dollars really is not a sustainable business model over the long term and does a lot of social harm. But how can we bring people in, keep them engaged and things that actually provide a social good over the long term, I think is really where they should be looking. And yeah. I, I think they're going that route. And yeah. I see data policy moving in the right directions and that, and then understanding, you know, how that data policy works is my job. Sure. <laughs> and so it's, it's challenging. Yeah. Um, and we live in a very fluctuating landscape right now. Um, and I think it's, it's going to become increasingly more challenging for small businesses to navigate that landscape. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, that's really where I like to come in as far as, you know, clients is, is how do we navigate that? And then how can we put together a plan that, that gives an initial, you know, boost from advertising and then, you know, dream bigger than, than just advertising and, and create that unified vision. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Wow. That went very fast. That was. That was very fast. <laughs> I had so many more questions. Uh, we'll have to do another one. Of yeah, these. yeah, I would love to um, revisit. I think, I think, for all of the listeners out there, again, uh, if I share this every single time or draw it out of the people that I care about and I have on this podcast, it's we all are the author of our lives. And as we talked about the science, your life is going the way it's going because you're envisioning that. And it's the choices that we make of who we want to surround ourselves with, what level of respect do we want from people. Um, And I think that the real essence and core is what you're talking about is, is that we need to define ourselves or others will. And you're a great example of that. And you, you, unfortunately, have defined yourself as a loving, giving person, (laughs) or you wouldn't be on this podcast. (laughs) Well, I appreciate being here and and you creating the opportunity to to sit down and and, and chat like this. I think you you have an innate ability to bring out the the core and authenticity in people, at least Mm. all of the things that I've listened to, I think it's just... It flows so easily from you. I wish I had the same oh, ability. That's very some, sweet. Some Thank ways, you. Yeah. I very much appreciate yeah. hearing that. Thank you. Yeah. So all of you, wherever you find yourselves, as I've shared before, you're exactly where you need to be. If it's not going the way you want it to go, change the movie. Quit watching that one that you don't like. And um, recognize that life is not a struggle. Life is is to be creative in and to make a positive difference in in the lives of the people that you touch. And as Skylar has shared with all of us, we can take that responsibility not only in the relationships we have, but into industry and ultimately make a positive impact globally. So thank you for being a person out there and for listening again. And I want to thank Skylar. It's been, a, it's been an honor to have you on. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And, uh, and I'm probably hearing the music in the background now. <laughs> I want you to listen to Walker, who's going to share with you what our next opportunity is. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we ask that you please subscribe and share with your friends and associates. Join Larry as he welcomes a sought-after industry giant, Sylvain Tovet.
Sylvain is currently the co-founder and owner of PCG, a business sustainability IT solution provider. He has traveled the world and worked in over 30 countries and has joined Larry to share his sense of humor, insights on the world of IT, and his remarkable journey from an employee in an internal IT department to founder and CEO of his global cutting-edge company, PCG. 